How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. It is June 8th, 2022, and welcome to another edition of Golf Talk Live. I am one of your hosts, Alan DePew, and we like to say we have the best panel in golf with our panel of experts, but I'm only joined today by Andy Heidorn. Andy, in light of everything that's going on in the golf community right now with the tours and everything, I'm a little concerned that uh, our panel maybe we may be getting resignations they may be playing in an alternative panel discussion somewhere (laughs) you know what it's it's a it's a busy part of the golf season right everybody's working hard and and doing their thing so we're gonna play a little alternate shot tonight yeah we're just gonna play alternate shot tonight that's right that's, that's all we got but hey let's let's just rattle this off I did actually have a, a traveling golfer sighting. Tony Leodora and I caught up. He's got going to have a great showpiece coming for us in the near future um, on one of his stops, uh, a bucket list kind of place. He's going to uh, so he's going to share that with us. Uh, Brendan Elliott is teaching the players of tomorrow. We just don't know what tour they're going to be playing yet. <laughs> uh, Bob is out there with the fastest growing demographic right now, helping uh, the women's golf day going on. Andrew's doing Andrew things, and Christian is being a responsible young man, Gen Z, <laughs> or Gen Z. So that's and, it. And here we are. And uh, here we are. Alan and Andy, pardon the interruption show. This is, yeah, this is like our own PTI. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how was your week? Anything going on in the golf world? <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I And we're going to get to to that whole LIV thing later, but my goodness, that's all people are talking about. It um, is blowing up in epic proportions. You, I know you have thoughts about it. I have thoughts about it. I'm, but uh, before we go there, let's talk about milkshakes, the memorial, pine needles, and I'll even throw in a little bit about uh, the ShopRite LPGA Classic because I spent some time there today. We're recording Tuesday evening. I'll let you start. You, you get you get to hit the tee shot. So the memorial. <laughs> no, this is this is. Uh, it was a good week of golf, you know, and and uh, I th- I think the memorial is is just such an interesting event in the sense that that's a hard golf course, and I yeah. think I think it's it's Jack has made it harder as the years go by. I think two years ago they just redid it. Um, but it's a really difficult golf course. I, I remember that interview that he gave where he was talking about he, there was things that he had always wanted to get done. He was finally able to get them done. And uh, yeah, I think it was, it was 2019, 2020. Um, yeah. He, he, yeah. It was, it was COVID year. Cause they had two events in a row Correct. At, at Muirfield village. Um, and after the second one, they closed the course down and, and redid it. Right. Um, and I think at that point, that, that, that thing was so difficult then. But, but it's just such a, a pristine-looking place. I've, I've been there, haven't played golf there, but I've been there. Um, and it's just such a pristine-looking, you know, venue. And, uh, and it's hard. I mean... <laughs> The guys really struggle out there. There, there are a lot of scores on Sunday, especially that were, you know, four over, five over, six over, a couple of nines and tens out there too. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> there was definitely some big numbers. Um, there was definitely some noticeable people that were not there, uh, which aforementioned foreshadowing to later conversation. Um, but I mean, Jack puts on such a, a great show and what was impressive with me is I'm going to jump right to the winner's circle. Billy Horschel is unbelievable. I mean, seriously, I don't think he, I don't think he gets the do. He is a bulldog. He's a total bulldog. So, I mean, 
I, I wish I had actually been able to watch a little bit more of it, but how many shots did he end up winning by? I mean, uh, four maybe. Yeah. Um, but you know, Jack said it in the, in the booth in the TV booth that every time that there was an opportunity for a crack in his armor and somebody else getting close, Billy made a putt, you know, and, uh, it was definitely his week. There's no doubt about it. And, and I was watching him be interviewed uh, after the tournament, and he actually missed the cut the week before, um, was struggling a little bit with his game, went home, worked on his game with Todd Anderson uh, a little bit, and came back a little renewed. But it just goes to show you just, just how you don't really know what's around the corner. Yeah. Um, when you're playing this game. And, and, and also, I think what it shows you is what a razor, to your point, razor thin margin it is because miscut to win victory, victory lane. Right. Is, is literally one swing thought away. Dominating victory lane. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I don't. OK, I'm going to dissect it. Why does he not win more? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's because there's a lot of guys out there who are great the players. Depth, right? Yeah, the depth of the tour. Yeah, and and frankly, he's been he's been a factor last couple of years, especially. He's been a factor quite often. Um, and you know, I think you're right. He doesn't really get his due. Uh, I think he's he's been a much more effective, accomplished player than than people tend to realize. Right. I mean, he was he was certainly in the mix for all the team events, the accolades of those, and um, and he should be. I mean, Dell match play last year, yep, and he's he seems to be consistently there every year. Um, maybe hasn't I, I? I don't have it in front of me his uh, majors record, and let's face it, that's how people are, are ultimately judged, right? In the sport, right? So, but. Uh, Milkshakes of plenty. Um, <laughs> who was it? Uh, Adam Hadwin <laughs> knocked one in with buying milkshakes for everybody. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> milkshakes for everyone. Milkshakes for everyone. By all right, but by one controversial topic, and I know we shared it in our little social media chat that we have. How about the little back and forth between Faldo and and Nicholas? Right. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I just, I just think it's interesting that, that, you know, two well, of, let me, let me, let me set the stage. I'm only yeah. going to paraphrase it, sure. but basically the question was when lining up, we, you, 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 let's say you have a hypothetically, you have a, a bunker down the left side, do you set up at the bunker and work the ball away from that? Or do you aim away from it and work it back towards it? And Nicholas and Faldo took opposite sides from that perspective. And Faldo misquoted and is catching some heat about it because everybody likes to pick on Nick, Sir Nick. Yeah. <laughs> misquoted Hogan about, uh, well, I certainly don't aim at it. What if it stays there or something yeah. to that effect? Right. Um, you're a far more accomplished. I was just happy to, I, I still to this day, I'm just happy to find the club face. I mean, <laughs> although I may be finding something you're a far more accomplished you're TikTok famous even if anybody has not <laughs> seen his TikTok famous all about the club club face control yeah that's right <laughs> what do you do well I look I I definitely play away from the trouble and work it back toward the trouble right um sometimes I just say screw it and i go right into trouble but <laughs> generally speaking I, yeah <laughs> generally speaking i like to play away from the trouble and work it back toward the trouble and i think for me though like you got jack nicholas and nick faldo and you throw hogan in the mix because faldo's quoting hogan or thinks he's quoting hogan um I mean, it all depends on on what sits best in your mind, right? right? And and Jack and Nick are probably two of the more tactical players to ever play the game. So I, I just think it's funny that um, if they have a different approach to it, I say good for them. You know, they're both really good at what they did, and it's all about 
what works in your mind to to be able to hit a decent shot? But, but I mean, doesn't it doesn't it ultimately? I mean, just look at teeing tactics. I can I can still see the Golf Digest teeing tactics by Tom Watson. If you yeah. hook the ball, you line up on the left. If you fade the ball, you line up on the right. Yep. Because this game is all about percentages. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm going to foreshadow. I'm going to remind me about that, uh, about the LPGA this uh, today. You know, it's all about playing the percentages. You know, you certainly don't are not going to want to short side yourself. Right. I mean, right. But, but again, you know, you're looking to hit a shot to a certain point. And if, if it works better for you to play it at the trouble, working away from the trouble or away from the trouble, working back towards the middle, then I, I, I just don't see the, the difference. I mean, obviously there's a difference in the approach, but I don't see the difference in the sense that one's right and one's not. Right. Okay. Well, Billy Horschel, dominant performance, another dominant performance, and she did have everything right, working the ball whatever direction. Down, down in Pine Needles, Minji Lee, her second major of her career, and I, it was almost the, the, the two tours were almost mirror images because every time I thought somebody was going to get close to her, which, by the way, my pick was Lydia Ko. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. And, and for the reason that she's just so steady down the middle. Um, but every time somebody got it close, Minji just stepped it up, put the foot back on the gas. And my pick was the unaccomplished group of players on the LPGA tour. That's who my pick was. <laughs> that that generally someone's going to come out and win that that you would least expect to win. But uh, Minji Lee does not qualify as one of those. No, no, not at all. But but a dominating performance. I mean, she thoughts. No, I, I, I think she... You she, thought I uh, froze there for a second. I was just... That, what you witnessed there was mental gridlock on Zoom. Yeah. No, no, no worries. Sometimes <laughs> I, to be confused. I, I, with, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out how I hit it under the tree for you in our ultimate yeah. shot format. <laughs> how pissed off you're going to be at me. <laughs> Sometimes to be confused with a, an unstable internet connection, but <laughs> not in this case. <laughs> I, but, can, I can cut out that little pause in there yeah. <laughs> on the edit. Yeah. But you know, you made a good point. Um, I think I think the the two tournaments mirrored each other, in the sense that that they both had pretty substantial leads, and every time somebody was starting to nip at their heels a little bit, something happened and they widened the lead again. Right. Um, and and it was a it was a, a dominant performance by by Minji. Um, I think she she played. You know, four rounds of really steady golf. And oh, by the way, she made $1.8 million winning that golf tournament. You know what? You know what? I'll tell you what. And I, I'm not, I'm, I'm about to get jumped, jump to uh, the Jersey Shore here in a second. But uh, <laughs> that was a talk. That was a big conversation point. It was even a conversation point when I was, I was walk, I was out for the practice rounds today. How good is that i think that, it's it's awesome that the second place finisher at the u.s open took home a, a i believe a, herself a million dollar check that's that's awesome yeah i mean awesome by the way the second place finisher was my least likely to win type of person <laughs> marina she had, she had a really good a good tournament too so uh, Marina Harrogate did so, and and, and how good did pine and how good did pine needles look? Mina, not Marina. Uh, pine needles is phenomenal. That whole sand belt down there yeah. is uh, is phenomenal. I mean, we uh, the, the Andrew Andrew will, will come out of hiding apparently if I take him to, the, to uh, back down to Pinehurst, and uh, there may be a trip in the in the near future down there to that'll get him pine out. needles, mid pines, and what have you. More than yeah. welcome to join, obviously, as always. Open invitation. Southern Pines is another Southern Pines. The renovation, uh, and when I was was chatting with Tony Leodora earlier today, when I was able to finally track him down on the on his travels, yeah. he raves about Southern Pines and, and the rest restoration that they've done there. I had a, I had a, 
a good friend. Shout out to Mark Duncan, who just got back from there. And uh, I believe he was telling me something very much the same, that that, that place is, has been expertly redone. Three Donald Ross designs all under one umbrella. Uh, and of course, we're going to probably throw in a little uh, tobacco road because yep. let's get a little wacky and have some fun, right? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But what a great little area for for awesome, awesome golf. Great destination golf, without question. Another destination is obviously, I, I, I mentioned it with Seaview. Uh, it's, a, it's a Jersey Shore tradition. Uh, it kicks off this week. Get a lot of the top players. and. I'm going to actually start with one that's not there. And our thoughts and prayers go out to Danielle Kang, who has just issued a notice literally this evening, Tuesday night, that she's withdrawing from the shop, right? She's withdrawing basically from the next four events. Um, she had wanted, hoped to keep things quiet until she had more answers, but apparently she has some type of tumor on her spine. And uh, is obviously our thoughts and prayers with her. What a talent. And more importantly, what a good person. I, one of our, my good friends had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with her. And uh, I just I rave about that. She, she is such a good, good person, good player. Yeah, I did not hear that. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. shocking to hear. Shocking news. Yeah, I tell yeah. you. But uh, I did. I, I got down to the got down to the practice rounds. Started today um, down at uh, at Seaview Resort uh, itself. A Donald Ross design, really cool. Got to uh, to actually walk in uh, the fairways with. Uh, I'm, I told her I, I'm going to butcher this, but but it's Maddie Zurich. She is from London, Ontario. Now living in the Dallas area. Shout out to Maddie. Way cool. Awesome. Hopefully going to have her on for a future show because LPGA Tour rookie, had some success on the Epson Tour. Uh, basically, I was asking a lot of questions about you know the differentiation when making that leap from that one level to the next level. And, uh, you know, what a great perspective. And I, I can't do it justice. So we'll just say that uh, uh, the tours are in – but one of the comments she did make, I'm rambling. I'm, I'm a, little, little, a little on tangent here. One of the comments she did make was how good it was to see the money and the financial commitment. She got to see it at the Epson when they came in. And she got to obviously now make, she, she was not in the field down at Pine Needles. But she's like, she goes, this is great. And I said, well, it's, we've said all along that our, it, one of our objectives is to obviously promote the LPGA because they deserve it. No question. And, you know, I, I, I also feel it's great to see the money that's, that's, uh, you know, kind of being played for on, on both levels of uh, ladies professional golf. And, you know, I, I just personally think that the product, no disrespect to the players 25 years ago, but the product is so much better today. Yeah. I yeah. mean, these, these girls that are, that are coming out and, and uh, developing players and, I mean, the golf swings, the ball speed, all that stuff that, that the LPGA just never really had before. And they have it in, in droves right now. And it just, I mean, I love to watch the LPGA uh, players play because I, I just think, you know, in the past you would watch them play and you'd say like, oh, well, she's just kind of bunting it out there down the middle and hitting a five wood on the green and blah, blah, blah. You don't see that anymore. It's pretty no. damn, it's pretty damn impressive watching these girls play. No, and um, and and you know, as Brendan Brendan said many times when we've we've gotten into some of our, our conversations, is you know, our our listeners would do better watching them play. And swinging within themselves in their transition, their tempo, they, they, they take their games a hell of a lot further than, you know, watching Bryson stand up there and take, you know, rip at it. Yes. Yes. And, and uh, Brendan has said that multiple times. And, and uh, like you, I, I agree with him. I think he's well, right. 
and, and so so there was there was two girls. Maddie was one of them. The other one was uh, Luna Luna Sobran from uh, from España. She was uh, from Spain. Uh, played the LPGA European LPGA for a while. Been out rookie year was 2018. She was walking around. I, I, I was I followed them for probably six seven groups or six seven holes. Excuse me, and and chatted with them quite about. But to your point. This little girl is probably about five foot four and she flat out smokes it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she cooked it. It's a different approach. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's in the past. It was all about just, you know, it's all rhythm, all tempo, slow control. It's the approach is so different and you get, you get this, you get these five foot four girls who just absolutely just, you know, generate some tremendous speed. Uh, it's really so my, impressive. My prediction, I, I, I was the one that posted it on our social page, uh, out on Twitter, if anybody wants. Golf course is going to play firm and fast. There is a chance of rain maybe on Wednesday night, uh, wind maybe on Saturday. I'm saying final score, I'm not going to pick a winner, but I'm saying final score is probably 18 under. Yeah, and again, we we say this every week because it's it's true every week. Another phenomenal golf course for the LPGA yeah. to to play yep. on. I mean, yep. they've got them lined up one after another after another, and, and it's pretty awesome to see. Right. So we've talked about the money. So should we talk about where the money is right now? Yes, probably a good a good thing. See how I segued? King of segways. King of segway. Very, 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 very good. Very All smart. Right. We've been saying this. I know you and I are on the same page on this one, so we're not going to have our, our alternate. Sh- we're we're, we're going to be on the same page playing this alternate shot hole. I don't see how the money sustains itself. I don't see how this capital investment, I'm, I'm only talking, I put my businessman hat on. I don't see how it sustains itself unless they ultimately take out the PGA Tour. So I, I, I watched Mike Wan's interview today with the golf channel okay. um, and, and it was interesting. And, and they talked about that. They talked about the money and, and the fact that, that it's unlimited money, right? Um, bottomless, bottomless resources. Um, and Mike Wan said, uh, people have bottomless resources didn't have, you know, the opportunity to have bottomless resources because they're, you know, not responsible with their money. So, you know, for what it's worth, it's still a business, still investors. There's, there's still an end game to it, but I got to be honest with you. I'm not really sure what that is. I'm not really sure why this is happening and, and what the, what the real, initiative is trying to accomplish right um i would i would love to know the answer to that yeah exactly i mean is it is it just one man greg his just desire to throw you know anarchy into the golf world or does he have an end game of creating a world tour where all to, to follow the ATP tennis model where you're, you're and, and, and I was thinking about this actually today as I'm, as I'm walking around, you know, looking at the LPG LPGA is a world tour. Of course they have it. They have it. They have the Epson as a minor league here in the, in, in the States, there is a European LPGA, mm-hmm. but largely because of the Asian influence in the LPGA makeup, it's already become a world tour. They're playing multiple. They're going to be in Ireland. They're going to play the Women's Open Championship. They're going to be playing in, in uh, I don't even know where. I have to look at their schedule. I think they're in Taiwan and, and Japan. So they're already doing it. Is that the end game for Liv? Is their objective to be like, like the old WHA in, in ice hockey and stick around long enough that they get merged into the, into the NHL? Or do they want to take out the NHL? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I've obviously pondered a lot of these things too, right? And and 
to me, it's still a curious question that I have is what, what are they trying to do? And, and I don't look at this as something Greg's trying to do. Greg, Greg's part of it, but, but there's something bigger than that here to me. Um, and, and I don't know if it's political. I don't know if it's, um, I don't know what it is. You know, I just, I, I'm baffled by what it is that they're trying to accomplish. Um, and, and if, if, in my opinion, if they think they're going to be the preferred alternative to what's already out there, I just don't see that happening ever. I don't. I mean, golf, golf's a game of history um, and there's records and. Well, but, but wait, I mean, like I said, I mean, the, it's all about the majors, right? And mm-hmm. that, that, that was turned on its head actually again uh, today, Tuesday. USGA's announced they don't have a problem with the live, live players playing in their, their championship. Yes, but he, what he said was he doesn't have a problem with allowing the qualified players to play. Mm-hmm. My, my question is, in, in what short period of time does Dustin Johnson fall out of the official world golf rankings? I mean, like, are, are they, and, and this is a question I don't know the answer to, but, but does the Live Tour allow players to gain official world golf ranking points? I don't know the answer to that. Well, and they're part they, of the Asian Tour, right? If they, are they part of the Asian Tour? I believe they are, yes. Okay, so they would get official world golf ranking points. But, but, the, but the ranking is going to be based on playing against 48 guys, right? And, exactly. and, 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 so, and yeah, and how, do you, how, do you, how do you weight the, the rankings? I, I see your point, absolutely. How do you weight the – so DJ, for example, will always be able to play at Augusta. Sergio will always be able to play at Augusta. Yep. DJ will be able to play in the U.S. Open for uh, – until 2025, guaranteed, right? Yep. As a as a five year exempt uh, yep. U.S. Open champ, so but look at Kevin Na. Kevin Kevin Na is probably ranked around fortieth in the world. Yep. So he gets exempted in all the majors as a top fifty, you know, world rankings. But not for long. Not for long. So, you know, which really brings me to my next question is, Alan, what would you do? I mean. Like, what would you do? And I, and I thought about this. If, if somebody offered me that much money, would, would I throw away all of the things that I've been chasing for my whole career for, let's say it's even just three or four years? So, yeah, I probably would. So I would, I, to answer, okay, first of all, to answer that question is me, guy sitting in a, in a nice little rancher <laughs> outside of Philadelphia. Right. I take the money and run. Okay? Yeah. If, however, let's say I, let, let me put myself, I'm, I'm, I'm Kevin Na. I'd absolutely take the money and run. Yeah. He's at the, he's, he's towards the twilight of his career. We we've already, we've already established. And, and it, it's, it's exactly, we did not, I, I think none of us, any one of those that ever said on this panel, none of us predicted that they'd get the top talent that they got, i.e. DJ, right? Yep. But they got him with $125 million. Which goes back to how sustainable is this, right? That's correct. Yeah. So if I'm Kevin Naw, I take them and I'm at the twilight of my career, I take the money and run. You'd love to know, I haven't seen it, maybe you heard, how, how much did Phil get? 200 is what I Two- heard. 200 million. Yep. How, for how many more years can Phil play? Okay. So let, let's talk about that for a second. All right. So I, I saw his statement um, and it was, it was really interesting. You know, we talked a lot about, you know, him, him getting therapy and spending time to, to, you know, kind of get himself in a, in a better position personally and working on his flaws this is all about gambling for him 
It's all about gambling. And, and he, he made reference to that in his statement, um, says he was reckless, says he was, you know, I, I think everybody always knew that, but this is the first time I ever saw him really, really admit to it and say it. Um, and, you know, to me, for him, you know, and, and he even went out of his way to say, hey, we're, we're financially secure, we're this, we're that, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> it, well, it was it was an interesting statement. Right. And, and I mean, let's keep going down the line. And then I, I'm going to turn it back. I never really answered other than I take the money and run because I want to upgrade yeah. to my, I need a new deck on the back of my house. Right. Um, and she wants a kitchen. Yeah. But um, let's go down some other examples. European players. I, I, have, Gre- that. I have Greg's phone number for you if you want. OK, I'll give him a shout. <laughs> um <laughs> And no comp. Anyway, um, we'll give we'll give it to Christian. Christian can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Christian can play him. And then he can G- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But um I kind of suspected that some of the European players would go. They're more kind of a globetrotter kind of mindset anyway. Uh but let's I'm gonna give you two different names. Rookies, youngsters. Andy Ogletree. Yeah. Okay. Played out on tour a little bit. Don't exactly, I don't have it in front of me, but don't know how exactly have his status. I know you had some injuries, chasing some money. Does he, does it affect his potential status? And I want to talk about statuses also, but how about another one? How about James Piot? Yeah. U.S. Open, excuse me, U.S. Amateur Champion. Hasn't made it to tour yet. So there's no, there's no backlash against him because he hasn't, Never got there. But then this leads into the inevitable question, as I can see you surfing there for a second. Yeah. Leads into the inevitable question, which I thought it was a brilliant strategic decision by Kevin Na. And now everybody else has fallen. He resigned from the PGA Tour. Right. Can't be sued. I resigned. Yeah. And then DJ resigned and. They're they're all they're, they're lining up. Sergio, I think, is formally resigned. Uh, yes. Louis resigned. Um, there's like seven of them now. So it, it, here's where we're going with this. In, in my opinion, I feel like I feel like there's um, certain player profiles that this makes total sense for, and others that it doesn't. Right. Um, Correct. The the one anomaly is DJ because I I don't think it really makes sense for him, but whatever it's his his decision and he he made a bunch of money doing it. But well, I tried to hold your hold your thought for I'm going to interrupt yeah. you. I tried to reference. Okay, I tried to reference, and I was again I was the one that posted on social. So if you want to chime back to me specific, I tried to reference. Look who's in his camp. Yeah. Love Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm a hockey guy. We're a hockey family, uh, what have you. Wayne Gretzky's talent in Canada, you have to stay within your specific uh, district to only play in your district. You cannot go outside your district to play. His talent was so good that his family, Walter and, and his mother, had to sue Ontario hockey to allow Wayne to move to Toronto. I think at age 15 to be able to, or 14 or something to be able to play against better talent instead of being down in Brantford where he's from. Okay. So he challenged authority. He then the NHL back in 1977, 78, 79, whatever exactly what a year it was. um, They had a 20. And by the way, we're not a hockey show. I'm just referencing. So I've got a point I'm trying to make. I love, I love good hockey. talk. Okay. So, 20 the 20 year old rule when the NHL at that time you had to be at least 20 to play in the NHL Wayne was Wayne was Wayne so at age 17 or 18 he signs with the Indi- Indianapolis Racers of the upstart WHA World yep. Hockey Association promptly gets traded like six months later to the Edmonton Oilers WHA gets merged into the NHL the you know the big parent the big Big companies gobbled up the little company. 
and the rest for Wayne is history. What I'm, my point simply is this, who is DJ's advisors? His father-in-law is Wayne Gretzky challenging the question. And maybe, and he can't turn down the fact he's making $125 million off by signing his name to this thing can still play in the majors as we know right now does not surprise me in the, it, it, it surprised me because I thought he would have appreciated the history of the BGA tour to your point, but it doesn't surprise me. And now I will be quiet. I've hit you under the tree. Alternate shot back to you, sir. You know, I, I, uh, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, that perspective on DJ. Um, and, and like, I, like I was, I was saying, I think there are certain profiles that this live fits and it fits the, the Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, Louis Eustace and, you know, the mid forties guys that end of career guys and the career guys and Kevin Nas probably getting up there and, and close to that. He's 19 um, years, 19 years on the tour. I, yeah. I think he's been yeah. around for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that it fits that profile. I think it's really interesting for the, James Pyatt and Andy Ogletree's the, the guys who had some amateur success, but haven't really broken through yet. What do they have to lose? They have nothing to lose. They can, exactly. they can, they can cash in on this for a few years and then go play the PGA tour later. I mean, this, there's all sorts of opportunities. Um, and the other category that I'm going to throw out there that I, I really have a pretty strong feeling about is guys like DJ who I believe is less interested in golf as a historical, you know, kind of important, you know, kind of thing that, that he plays for prestige and pride. He, does, he doesn't, a, he doesn't, appre- he, he, he's, he's a not money a tiger. Guy. He's a money guy. Yeah. He's not, he's not a student of the history of the game. Right, exactly. And that's the other guy that I think kind of fits this live thing. Um, so, you know, well, here's what? an interesting question Who on the tour is? I mean, let's come at it from the other end. Who on the, tour who on the existing isn't? PGA tour is? I'll give you Tiger still is. Yeah, clearly Rory is. Rory is. Yeah. I would lump Jordan Spieth into that. I would, I would lump, lump Justin, Justin Thomas. Thomas into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, who else? Well, we don't know either way, right? So, I mean, it's hard to say that that there aren't any others. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of guys out there that play this game more for the money than they do for the love of the game. I would and, agree with that. And those people I could see easily, you know, justifying the move to, to the live tour. It's just... That's a thing, you know? So there is a report right now out that Bryson will join the join in Portland. Will join the live tour? Yep. Well, you know, as we were... And then, that, and then here's and the next question. Are they going to limit the rosters to 48? Because they've already got 48. Who's going to get bumped now that they've just yeah. given up their... Right. And And really, it's a shotgun start. I mean... There's a lot of hokiness to this whole thing. Um, uh, the, the whole team concept. Yeah. Wait, wait till Chase Kepka wins the first event, right? He was on Team Mickelson, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He was chosen last on Team Mickelson. <laughs> you know, in, in, uh, it's either going to be that, that the same people win all the events or you're going to have some random people. And what happens when Chase Kepka gets paired with Bryson? Is yeah. there any kind of spillover sibling rivalry with, with Bryson? At... Chase Chase is a lot smaller than his brother. That's true. So, yeah. and Maybe and, Chase will start working out with DJ. And I think Chase is a lot different than his brother is too. <laughs> Chase is a University of South Florida alum, so I followed his career pretty closely. So what so, – to you then, sir, what would you do? Turn back the clock to Andy Hydorn, 25 year, 23 year old. What do you do? 
Well, I mean, I love the game more than anyone. If I were, if I were Andy Ogletree, I would go in a minute. If I were knowing I'm going to make $150,000 yeah. to finish in dead last. Yeah. If I were Rory McElroy, I love the game. So I'd be playing in the players championship and the Ryder cup and, and all that other stuff. So, but I certainly understand why people would make, make the choices they make. Without question. Yep. Without question. Yep. So it's, it's definitely been an interesting couple of days with live and it's going to be an interesting weekend to see what happens. And, um, if, if it gets, you know, any real attention on streaming and well, that was again on our, we have our own little chat that we fire back and forth. Um, just silliness sometimes, but actually, again, I'll refer to Mr. Elliot. He brought up a valid point. TV deals aren't what they needed to be anymore. Right. They could literally set up a streaming deal, be more cutting edge, new, new way, new age, and maybe that's how they're going to get the, get the exposure. They're going to get exposure this week. They're going to get exposure for the next X number of weeks. It's the new kid on the block, and they're challenging the hierarchy. But what happens? Does it does it wane quickly? Well, one one last point. Um, and Mike Wan made this point in his interview today, and he talked about Jay Monahan. And talked about just how important Jay Monahan was in getting not just the PGA Tour, but the the whole industry of golf through COVID um, by kind of forging through and, and creating some narratives that golf is a healthy game, it's outdoors, it's this and that, and and uh, you know he he also went on to say how Jay Monahan's done so much. Um, as his predecessor did before him, as Fincham did before him, but just providing wonderful opportunities for the PGA Tour players to make money. And they're doing all sorts of different things, including, you know, interesting, new, relevant ways of broadcasting their tournaments. So, you know, there's golf TV, there's, there's all sorts of, of things um, in play there that the PGA Tour is working on that. Um, the live tour is not going to be the only ones who are going to be doing interesting things is my point. Right. Um, the PGA tour has done an unbelievable job at, at creating a great product, a great place for guys to make money, a great place for them to earn a pension. Um, and I believe that was one of the major reasons why Kevin Na resigned, um, had to do with his pension. As well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he, in essence, retires from the PGA Tour. Yep. To uh, and secures his pension, and uh, you know, uh, I will, I will, I will watch only in the interest of watching the train wreck or the car yeah, crash. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. I just, I don't, I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to necessarily watch it. There's nothing that's fascinating about to, to me about it other than it's different. Yeah, watching 30 minutes of it will be enough. Yeah, that's what and I yeah. Just yep. to see what just to see what it's like. I'm slowing down on the side of the road to to, to, yeah. to to you know. I saw the video of of Dustin Johnson warming up there and then playing a practice round. They were floating some stuff around. Kevin, Kevin and all giving away free tickets. Yeah. Anybody wants them. N25 is his uh, promotional code. First hundred people get them for free. I saw on this Twitter feed. So it, it, it looks very, very uh, under attended at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So segue, watch this one. Yeah. Lack of attendance up there where you're from originally. From the country Boston. club announced yeah. today T Woods will not be playing at the country club. Are you shocked? Excellent segue. Excellent segue. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know what? It was like it's like you laid it in there, spun it left, and gave me like a little 15 footer, and I made it. 
But but what you did though is you took a word and and used the synonym of that word to make your segue, which is even more clever. Well, that's why we're that's why we're good alternate shop partners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't I don't know that I'm surprised or not surprised. I think I think in general, I think Tiger, um, if he's feeling good about his game, he'd be there. I think he's probably not feeling very good about his game, and that's why he's not going to be there. Yeah, that's my take. Yeah, and gouging it out a six-inch rough probably is not uh, probably very appealing to him. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but he has committed uh, at at this time still to the Open, and I believe the Irish Irish Open. Yeah, the Irish Open, which I kind of felt that one was unusual. But is that like the week before? It is the week before, so he's going over and yeah. hang out for, I guess. Yeah. Char- Charlie must want to go play golf someplace over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy. It's that point. It's your favorite time. My favorite time. Little don't be that guy. Yeah. Well, guess who the subject of this week's don't be that guy is? I'm going to go out on a limb and say either Phil or Greg. Or how about me? Wow. Yeah. Little little uh self-criticism here. Um you know, I, I think we we all tend to to search for a better golf game and and uh sometimes searching in the wrong places and you know trying new things with your golf swing and and uh you know even for people who are taking lessons and thinking that that's going to have a dramatic immediate effect. You know, it's a lesson that, that I've learned a hundred times in my, you know, life of playing and competing in golf. And it's just, it's just ridiculous to, to continue to tinker and change a golf swing and think that, that it's not going to have a negative effect on, on what you're doing on the golf course. And I don't know how many more times in my life I'm going to have to learn that lesson, but I'm, I'm at the, at the down point of that lesson right now. And, and uh, so don't be that guy. Just none of us are professionals. You know, know your game, know your game and, and work on the things that are going to help you play better golf and have a better time. You know, you know what? And I'm going to, I, I always go back. God rest his soul. Uh, Mike Wynn, you know, played, played at the university of Houston and uh, went on, had to spend a number of years out on the PGA Tour back when you really had to, I mean, you were, he was a rabbit. He had to, but whenever he made it in, he never missed a cut. He always made the cut on every, Mike taught wow. me when I worked for him as a young cart boy, if it all goes off rails, just go back to balance and timing. Yep. Because that's, once you, once you have balance, your temp and tempo, your, 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 your confidence starts to come back. You start to go after it a little bit harder and just balance and timing, balance and timing and, and fire if, the hands. That was his you, other one. Fire if the you hands. have, if you have the ability to find a fix that works when you're going off the rails, you're, you're light years ahead of most people who play this game. I'm, so. I'm tinkering myself, but I'm actually tinkering and kind of admitting that, I may, it may be time that the 125 gram uh, KBS shafts, I can no longer swing these tree trunks. <laughs> well, that's tinkering, that's tinkering in a different way. <laughs> I might need so. to get something a little lighter. But anyway, uh, my final thoughts 18th green, putting the flag again. I want to quote, and I'm going to steal it from Christopher McDonald. You know him as AKA Shooter, Shooter's Tour, <laughs> who just tweeted like an hour ago. You know it has to happen. The PGA Tour versus Live is in a Ryder Cup format. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, God. That's hilarious. That would be <laughs> awesome. So I'm, I'm going to, my final thought is there always seems to be. For, for every U.S. Open, a, a kind of special interest story, um, local story. And, and uh, 
Oh, I know where you're going with this one. This was a good one. Yeah, Fran Quinn. Yep. Um, who I used to play against as a kid. Um, he and I are the same age. And at 57 years old, he just qualified to play in the U.S. Open in his hometown. And it's just an awesome accomplishment. You know, he's, he's tried to play the uh, Champions Tour with limited success. And he's always been a good player. He's had a steady career out there playing on and off on the Corn Ferry, Webb, Hogan, you know, whatever you want to call that tour. Buy.com. Buy.com. Um, but yeah, what a great thing for, for Frank Quinn to qualify for the U.S. Open. That's going to get a lot of really cool attention uh, next week. And I'm really looking forward to uh, to the Open at, at the Country Club. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. So am I. All right. We've, we, we kept it together. <laughs> we finished even par. <laughs> gonna wait for the boys to come back uh so hey while you're trying to find that game get it long and straight andy <laughs> because it's better than playing in a twosome <laughs> yeah something like that <laughs> the 19th hole podcast presented by golf talk live and brought to you by Perfect Practice Putting Mat, Yips, and Survivor Golf Tee. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30-plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.